Good afternoon from steaming Texas, Crashy. How you doing? Well, it's pretty steamy up here in Minnesota, too. We've, uh, might, might be hotter, more humid up here than you guys got down there. I don't know. Oh, yeah? Well, what temperature does that mean for Minnesota? I'd love to hear now that I'm a serious Texan. <laughs> well, it's been pretty hot down here. Let's see, we had, uh, mid-80s today, but, you know, gross humidity. So it's feeling like 90, 95, and yeah, it's not good. You just want to stay inside at that point. How does 99 sound with about the same amount of humidity every single day? Take a pass. <laughs> I'm just waiting around until November, but we're here for a special edition of the podcast. We want to talk a little bit about Rory's outlandish comments today. Uh, we just felt like we needed to call an emergency podcast and then do a little British Open preview. Yeah, we got lots, lots of stuff to talk about, so this is going to be enjoyable. I'd be curious. I mean, what do you think? So Rory said today that he's not playing golf to grow the game. He just wants to win majors. He's not playing in the Olympics, and they don't have very good steroid policies. It's basically what he said. Yeah, he was, uh, he just kind of went off today, and, uh, you know, it's kind of nice to see somebody speak their mind, but not uh, not always what you're looking for. You know, it puts a lot of uh, unnecessary um, attention around him, and probably I wouldn't say it helps his chances of winning, which, I mean, I obviously don't care if he wins or not. I hope he doesn't make the cut, but, um, yeah, some, some crazy stuff. I mean, I'm sure he grows the game more than he knows or like he thinks he does but right the point of him saying that is is more of you know what's what's that critique here so it reminded me a little bit of when charles barkley was playing basketball he came out with that huge story uh with the headline being i'm not a role model I don't know if yeah. you remember hearing anything about yeah. that, where Barkley just basically <laughs> said, like, don't let your kids emulate me. Like, I'm just out here to play basketball, blah, blah, blah. Right, exactly. You just see he that. Was, he loved to drink and drive and do all his business. <laughs> and who knows what else he's doing. Yeah, and I mean, exactly. I, I guess it's better that That's he just comes out and it. says it. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's... Uh, kind of respected he's you know super competitive and wants to win obviously and you know that's great i'd argue that rory's the most competitive guy on tour yeah did you uh catch any of that Faraday the other night with the the big three i did not but i heard it was pretty good yeah i would have uh just been curious to watch because i know in the promos they were um really hyping it up and you know how can you be that competitive and still have fun and so I'm gonna have to check that out for sure. I think Rory's the one, uh, the one five foot eight Irishman that I wouldn't fuck with. I wouldn't fuck with Lowry either. He seems like a shorter, smaller guy, but he's he's beefy. Yeah, he also looks like he could play rugby over there. He probably did play rugby. I have no idea. Gaelic football. <laughs> you got that right. Um, oh boy. So your boy Steve Stricker is playing the British Open this weekend. It is a long time coming. I think 
this might be Steve's first major. No, I'm getting ahead of myself here, wishful thinking. <laughs> but he is third on tour in scrambling and second in strokes, strokes gain putting, I believe. Um, with his limited schedule, I don't know how you how you couldn't like his chances at least a little bit, right? Or am I just that crazy for thinking Steve's actually got a legit chance at winning this thing? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think you're a little crazy, but then at the same time, the weather conditions are supposed to be pretty bad this weekend, and I mean, that's probably going to be something that actually helps out Stevie. That plays into that veteran's advantage. Because, um, I mean, you see that in the open all the time. It depends on your draw. It depends on a lot of things in the open. You know, it's not just uh, your classic American golf tournament where the best player is always going to win. Doesn't that kind of piss you off sometimes about the open, though, that it is so much dependent on the luck of the draw? Where, I mean, you know, I'm probably being a little hypocritical saying that because Oakmont this year, there was a very big difference in the draw you got on Thursday, Friday, but it just seems like so often that comes into play at the British Open. It's just totally dependent on the weather, and and if if you get the bad end of the draw, you know you might have to play really good to make the cut. Where somebody who gets the good end of the draw plays not very good, and they you know are still within the cut line because that's just how much different it's playing. Right. Uh, what do you think about just the open? So it it was the British Open. And then the Open Championship, and now they want it strictly to be called the Open. What the hell is up with that? I don't know. It's the, uh, you know, it's it's been going on for 145 years, right? But uh, you can hardly call it a major championship when, you know, the first tournament is held uh, uh, three rounds of 12 holes, and there was 12 local professionals invited um and yeah that guy that won that is a major champion that's unbelievable so that's what bothers me a little bit you know the record books like old tom old tom morris i mean how many did he win six yeah six or seven no not seven but yeah six yeah something like that Crazy. Well, uh, maybe the RNA though won't fuck up any rulings. Like the uh, USGA has had a couple blunders in their past two major golf yeah. tournaments they've hosted. Yeah, kind of been unfortunate with both of those. Obviously, I mean the Dustin one was. I think we can all agree was not needed at all, and that was pitiful. You know, right? That was just a complete disgrace. And such a farce. I mean, it's quite unbelievable. And then and then you got this last weekend, which I didn't really watch a lot, but I obviously I saw the replay um, with the whole grounding, yeah. the club and the sand, right? So, you know, and that's, I can get that, but then you get into the issue of, oh, I would have liked to know earlier. And, you know, that that's a tough, I'll give them a break on that because, 
when is the appropriate time? You know what I mean? Is there really ever an appropriate time? Like, if they told would have told her, would she have complained that, oh, I wouldn't have wanted to know at the end? You know what I mean? Like, they're never going to be right in that situation, but, yeah, it's just really unfortunate. And then they called Brittany Lang Bethany. That... Something like <laughs> I got a hot take for you on that. Um, <laughs> if I'm a freshman in college and I'm interning somewhere and I've got to give a presentation, I think one of the first things I'm going to do is make sure whoever I'm introducing or talking about, I'm going to get their name right. And if I'm the president of the USGA and I've got to announce the champion, I think I'm going to maybe double check if I'm second guessing what the name is. You'd think that crossed your mind, but I don't know. Maybe not. (laughs) And the 2008 U.S. Open champion is uh, Taylor Woods. <laughs> uh, I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, okay, so what do you think about replays in general for golf? I mean, is there – because the penalty itself for the women's open, you know, of the slightest little grain of sand moved, and if it happens on – Thursday or Friday or Saturday even, it's not going to get noticed. And then they call attention to it. I feel like that that stuff has to happen way more than you realize on Thursday and Friday because, you know, why don't we hear about stuff like this? It's only when they're covering, you know, the final groups and they... God, it's... Yeah, it's frustrating because I feel like the players should be able to police themselves. Right. Right. But it's it's obviously a really nice technology to be able to see your replay. But I think at some point it crosses a line and it goes too far. Like I don't like the idea of me or you or anybody here listening is able to if so. There you're sitting on your couch, right? Yeah. You can call the USGA and say, "Oh, I saw this and this." You know what I mean? That's just to me. That's a little outrageous. Yeah. And so I'm thinking in the last eight, no, the last, literally the last five years, there's been, so Dustin Johnson at Whistling Straits, uh, that whole blunder with Tiger Woods at the Masters with the drop. Yeah. And and then the U.S. Open this year. So that's three times in the last five or six years that replay has potentially changed or actually changed the outcomes of majors. And it just makes me wonder, had there been this HD replay situation for the for all yeah. time, how many different major champions would we have? Right. How, how different would it shake? How would, would things shake up differently and what would, you know, the grand scheme look like? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like maybe in the 1986 Masters did Jack's ball oscillate on one of the greens, but they couldn't catch it because it was just standard definition. Like... Exactly. Which I don't think, though. I mean, going off that, I don't think that that should change the outcome of the event because Jack in 86 or Tiger in 2001 when he blew out the field or any of those, like, that's what was supposed to happen. And maybe DJ was supposed to win at Whistling Straits when he got called for the penalty for being stupid and grounded his club in that bunker. Right. But... I digress. Let's talk about the, the Open. Unquote. The Open or the British Open? <laughs> the Brit, the British Open. Okay. 
British Open, it's going to be weird with no uh, Tommy Watson this year. You know, the Open is, well, the Masters is obviously lifetime exemption, but the Masters, or sorry, excuse me, the Open um, lets their champions come back until they turn 60, which is kind of unique. What do you think about that, buddy? Uh, so it's called the British Open. It's an open championship where players can try and qualify. Like you or I could go over to Europe and we could sign up for an open qualifier or one of the few sites in the U.S., do a local, do a sectional, try and qualify. And how is that fair to determining the best champion for your open championship to let these dudes that are not going to even have a chance of sniffing the cut play until they're 60 just because Tom Watson did something incredible when he was 59. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think about some of the guys that are in the field. Um, Darren Clark? Darren Clark, obviously. Uh, Mark O'Meara. Uh, who else do we got? Is Woosnam in it? You think Tommy Lehman's playing? What's I didn't, it? Is Ian Woosnam in it? I didn't see Tom Lehman's name in the Woosie. field. Uh, I don't think Woosnam. Let's check here. I don't see him. He Ian Woosnam is only 58, but he must have never won a British Open. Yeah, that was his, uh, he's famous for that uh, good old too many clubs in the bag. He, can you remind me on what happened with that? This was, uh, I think it was the final day. It might have been third round, but he was leading. Um, and he must have had two drivers or something in the bag, you know, he's tooling around with. Well, his caddy, you know, fucking, what is he doing, right? I mean, leaves leaves both the drivers in the bag. So the first hole is a par three. I can't remember what course it was, but the first hole is a par three. Okay. So he doesn't hit his driver, obviously, so he doesn't realize it. <laughs> so he gets on the second tee, realizes he has two drivers in the bag, 15 clubs, freaks out on his caddy, throws one of the drivers into the weeds, and gets a two-stroke penalty. I think he made par, par, but he made double with two-stroke penalty. Yeah, I mean, you know what Johnny G always says? What are his three key facts a caddy should always do? CCO, count, clean, and organize. Yeah, and that professional caddy forgot uh, the whole counting thing. Or maybe he counted and just uh, wasn't able to figure out Yep, that 15 isn't 14. Maybe Woozy had his putter on the green, you know, hitting a couple putts. And he was, (laughs) oh, with the two drivers, he counted 14, but he forgot the putter. You never know. Not the brightest bulb. So, what do you, uh, what do you think, um... For the open, how do you think she's gonna play? What are we looking at here? Are we looking at another older winner, or are we gonna get a young gun? I've got some diamonds in the rough, I think. Okay. I uh, I really, really like Martin Keimer this week. Do you really? Yeah, I do. He uh, he tied for thirteenth last weekend uh, at the Scottish Open. Um, He's won a U.S. Open and the PGA. Um, I just think he 
plays well in bad weather conditions. And, I mean, the U.S. Open that he won at Pinehurst is closer to a British Open setup with all the fescue and the firm fairways and all that stuff. Um, and he played pretty well this weekend in Scotland. So I, I don't know. I like his chances. I I like Philly. I know that you and I talked about the uh, yeah, old Lessie. Yeah, we discussed this. Yeah. I just, uh, if he's hitting his driver well, which it sounded like he was striking the ball phenomenally this weekend, um, I think he could have a chance to overpower this longer golf course. Yes. And then a third, maybe surprising, uh, non-major winner, uh, Heinrich Stenson. Heinrich, yeah, he's uh, he's going at forty to one, or thir- check that he's uh, plus three thousand. He's thirty to one, um, but he he's he's one of the few guys that's actually amped to play in the Olympics. I think his game is getting into a pretty sweet spot right now, and that he's gonna maybe be rolling. And I mean, he shot seventy six in the first round of the Scottish Open, and then fired back with sixty nine, sixty six, seventy. That's encouraging. So those are those are three guys that I like to win. I like Luke Donald to maybe sneak into the top ten. Luke's off in the first tee time of the day uh, with Monty. Sweet. Who do you like this weekend aside from your boy from Wisconsin, Mister Stricker? Well, yeah, I mean Stricker's obviously um, somewhere there on the top of my list, but looking elsewhere, Sergio. Um, 20th open that he's playing in wow. uh, I think I think he has he has two runner-ups four or five top fives nine top tens uh, so that's not too bad of a track record I wouldn't say um, not too bad at all if he can just I was pulling for him so hard at Oakmont and he just couldn't couldn't pull through I really thought after he made that this is getting off topic sorry but after he made that that bunker shot on eight, I thought he was going to really make a run. He just didn't have a minute. So hopefully if he gets in that position this week, he's got that spark in him and, you know, he can, he can do it. But other than that, I mean, uh, who else do I like? I like Mateo Manicero, honestly. Um, really? Disqualified. Yeah. It's kind of an oddball. Um, just throwing it out there, but he played really well last week. I mean, this guy used to, you remember when he was 19, 20, he was 25th up to like 20th or 25th in the world. Yeah. Dropped all the way down to 600. Now last week he was at the Scottish. He had a really good chance to win, uh, just finished a few back and they have the spots there for, you know, the open qualifying series. And I actually really like that about the open that they give the spots in the tourneys before. I think that's, kind of makes him the tourneys before a little more exciting gets uh gets and probably gets better players or players that are playing better at that time uh in the tournament too exactly i think it's i think that's a good way to do it uh what do you think about jason day dustin johnson and jordan spieth um i like spieth I don't know that I like DJ 
and I don't know how you could really bet against uh, Day. But I say that, and you, with that logic, I mean, that doesn't make sense. How could you bet against Dustin, right? I mean, he just won the, his last two starts, the Open, the U.S. Open, and <laughs> WGC Bridgestone, right? Two of, the, two of the bigger events of the year, right? obviously. Um, but I don't know. I just, I don't, it's going to take Dustin like three or four majors for me to finally think he's, you know, like a major champion, like a closer, if that makes sense. Like, I just, I don't know if I have that much faith in him. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. it's like having a girlfriend. Like, that, I know he's going to be. I got, I got one for you. It's like having a girlfriend that cheated on yeah. you like three or four times, and then she's finally spent like a year, and actually gotten her rep back up but you still just will always wonder because there were those three or four times and that's how I feel about Dustin Johnson Mm. like it's gonna happen eventually where you know it's gonna fall into his lap not that Oakmont fell into his lap but like he was just into contention like it's gonna happen right yeah we talked about that you can't argue with that fact like I know he's going to be, he'll probably be in contention. It's, you know, this week. Yeah. He'll be in the in the top ten, at, you know, through the weekend at some point, guarantee it. Yeah, but we, we talked about like that off, no. on an earlier podcast, too. Just that, like, you know, oh, will DJ ever win a major? Yes, because he's there so many times, it's just going to happen at least once. But now it'll be a question of can he repeatedly do it? Yeah, I completely agree. I like Tiger Woods at a hundred to one. <laughs> Coming back, baby. <laughs> he just limps out to the first tee with his cane. Do you think if Tiger Woods just like showed up on Thursday morning and asked where his tee time was, that they'd just kick out a different player in the field? Yeah. Do you think they would just give him like Sandy Lyle's spot or something? And then <laughs> you think they would you think they would let him take a medical cart? <laughs> I think they'd kick Steven Bodich out, and uh, and then Tiger would get the play. He could use his medical card if he wanted to, uh, and and maybe he'd get they a little could ride handicap. Around on one of those, I was going to say he could ride around one of those surfboards. <laughs> yeah, the golf board, exactly. Sponsored. Yeah, I don't know if he can stand on it, though, and move his weight around that much, even. Brought to you He's by... Golf board, the number one surfboard for golf courses. You can buy them anywhere. Sponsor us if you would like. <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, yeah, or maybe there could be a thing where Tiger just gets to play on Sunday. Yeah, it's uh, it's one round. Tiger plays fourteen holes, and everybody else has to play eighteen, and it's low score. <laughs> <laughs> for three days are just a warm up practice rounds please RNA if you're listening to this take our consideration <laughs> we need something alright we're nearing the end of the time limit here I want you to pick one surprise person to miss the cut and one surprise person to make the cut and then who you think is going to win 
and I can give you a second if you want. I can tell oh, you mine. Right. Let me hear yours there, buddy. Alright, so I like to miss the cut. I like Rory to miss the cut. I think okay. I'm usually not a big believer in karma, but I think that's going to catch up with him here. Uh, and then, so to to make the cut, Scott Fernandez, a, a product out of Iowa State University, uh, is playing in this Open Championship, and to you know to finish in the top top ten, he's like a fifty to one odds, um, and he's playing as a professional, and I like his chances to make the cut, and then to win, I'm going with my boy Martin Keimer. You like Keimer, huh? Yeah, I do. All right. All right, well, I think I got a couple good ones here for you. All right, what do you got? I'll do the, uh, I'm going with my surprise to make the cut here first, to make the cut, and, uh, you know, let's say finish in the top 10 or 15. Not real high expectations for this guy, but. All right. Paul Casey. Okay. All right. And, uh. Believe it or not, I have the defending Open champion missing the cut, uh, Zach Johnson. Uh, believe it or not, you know, switching to the PXG this year yep. just doesn't seem quite right for him yet. I think he's fighting it a little bit still, doesn't quite have the confidence he did last year at this time. Um, but we'll see. You never know. Uh, question on that before you go on. Uh yes. Aren't you going to miss Zach Johnson's caddy walking around the green, flopping his arms like a stupid little bird? Damon Green? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, if he misses the cut, I, I won't be disappointed. You won't be losing any sleep? You're right. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. All right. And who's your 2016 Open champion? Two-time Open champion. Well, soon to be two-time Open champion. Phil Mickelson. Wow. Yep. I think Phil is just jacked up about his game right now. Um, is ready to just take whatever the course gives him and grinding. Watched him last week a little bit, making some pots. Could have made more pots. Um, we'll see. I like Phil, though. Yeah, see if he can Continue keep the, the uh, American streak. The old guy and the American streak, yes. And the average age of your Open champion at 38 will bring that up a little bit for me. So, Yeah, that'll be perfect. It's going to be a good Open, though. I'm really excited. I think, uh, I think I'm think i going to be taking a power nap tomorrow night and waking up, watch coverage at 1.30 whenever it starts. So, I like the way you think if I wasn't up for work at about 6.30, so you're going to have to fill me in. And uh, we'll have to check in next week on the pod, especially if one of our guys wins. Yeah, we'd have to follow it up at that point then. You got it. All right, around the greens. We will talk to you soon, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks,